If you have your Bible just for a moment tonight as we come to a close, I want you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 19. 1 Samuel and chapter 19. And to two verses of the Scriptures, please. And we'll have you out in good time tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 19. And taking time to read verse 11 and verse 12. Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning. Mishael, David's wife, told him, saying, If thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. So Mishael led David down through a window, and he went and fled and escaped. I want to, to picture in your mind tonight this young man, David, as he sits in the royal palace, and if you take time and read the previous verses, you'll discover that he's there playing on his harp. And as Saul, the king of Israel, who had another spirit, the Bible says that he had an evil spirit. As he listened to young David, the son of Jesse, filled with anger and contentment, and resentment against David. He lifted the javelin in his hand to pin David to the wall. David escaped, and he ran and he made his way home, and what Saul did was he set men to watch him and to slay him in the morning. David said, wife, she said a statement that I want to leave with you tonight. She said, if thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. Here was a loved one of a young man who was pleading with this young man that he would flee to safety. I wonder tonight in this meeting as we come to a close, is there such a young person, or indeed a, such an old person, like that tonight. Maybe it's been a wife, maybe it's been a mother, maybe it's been a daughter, maybe it has been a son, and they have informed you and pleaded with you concerning the claims of the gospel again and again and again. And this woman, she said to David, she said, if thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. I want to leave three things before you tonight. First of all, there was the enemy that he had. This young man, David, the son of Jesse, this man that God had his hand upon, had an enemy. Now, I want to say to every person here tonight, whether you're saved or whether you're not, that you have an enemy. He's an unseen foe. And if you're unsaved tonight, and if you're still in your sin I want to tell you this, that the, the, the enemy, the devil, is after you. And he would love to destroy you. He would love to, as it were, 
bring you to the very gates of death. And there what he'll do, he'll bring you there with all of his deception and with all of the busyness of life. But whenever you come to the very gates of death, what he will do, he will lead you to the threshold and then he will turn away. And you'll go through the gates into eternity and there you will lose your soul, not for the years of time alone, but for all of eternity. The Lord Jesus said concerning the devil that he has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And if you're a young man tonight or a young woman or an older person in the meeting, that's exactly what he wants to do with you today. He wants to destroy your life and he wants to damn your soul. You know what it's like to be distracted. Have you ever been distracted? I was distracted the other day because I was laying a few flagstones at the back of the house and I was just cutting away and I was doing something that I shouldn't have done. I took the yard off the grinder and whenever I was grinding the slab, the phone rang. And what happened was I got distracted. And because of that distraction, the little grinder, what it did, it jumped and it nearly took my thumb off. Just a little split second where you're not paying attention. My dear unsaved tonight in the meeting, that's exactly what the enemy is doing with you. What happens is you think of the next new job, you think of making more money, and then it's another holiday, and then it's a bigger car, then it's another relationship, and just like a little ping pong ball, just back and forward all of the time, and then suddenly death comes, and then it's all over. And what the devil has intended to do, he has accomplished. And people are being distracted all of the time. That's why Disney and all of the films are pumping out. That's why nobody can hardly be in the car today without having the radio on. That's why whenever you go out for a walk at night, you'll always see behind the curtain the blue of the television. And the enemy is distracting, always trying to forget, make people forget about eternity. Always trying to make people forget about God and sin and judgment day and accountability. And what he does is he pours into their mind this thing and that thing and he distracts them. And the enemy that has come to kill, to steal and to destroy, I can tell you that's exactly what he wants to do with you. And if you're not saved in the meeting tonight, maybe if you just went down memory lane and you saw that decision and this decision and you would say, my, I thought in my younger days I would never do such a thing. And then you ended up doing it and the enemy just led you along. He led you as a lamb to the slaughter. You see, this young man had an enemy and he knew it. He had an enemy that hated him. And I want to tell you, my dear people, tonight that the devil hates you. He hates you. Because every person here tonight and every person in the world, you are created in the image of God. That's why he's trying to destroy society. That's why he's getting young people to get involved in self-harm and suicide and drugs and alcohol and all of the immorality. He's not really doing it that they would have a good time. What he's really doing is he's doing it to destroy their life. And that's exactly where so many young people are tonight. But they don't see it. And I was there. I was there. Don't think because I'm here tonight in a nice suit. And well, I think it's nice anyway. But uh, don't think I always wore a suit. Don't think that I always walked around with a shirt and tie on, because I'll not be wearing one tomorrow. But you know, there was a time in my life whenever I was distracted. 
There was a time in my life when I saw drink and drugs, and so many of you know all about it, and my, I was just infatuated with the things of the world. They, they had got my attention, and my mother and father that are here tonight, they used to pray for me. They used to bring me to the meetings, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. And just like a blind man walking down an alley, my, he's unaware of his surroundings. That's why the Bible says those that are in their sin, they're dead. A dead man doesn't hear. A dead man doesn't see. A dead man doesn't feel. A dead man's not aware of anything that's happening all around him. And you could be in the meeting tonight or listening to me and say, Stephen, those are wonderful testimonies. But I still don't see my need of being saved. The Bible says, Ye who are dead in trespasses and in sin, the Holy Spirit quickens. And what the Holy Spirit does, it's just like a, a light bulb moment. It's just like that eureka moment that goes off in your life. You ever be in a dark shed, some of you farmers, and you walk into a shed and you turn on the light, bang, and you can see everything. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. He'll just come and just be like that, bang, the light will shine into your life and you say, my, I've been deceived for so many years. I thought I was on the right way, but I discovered I'm on the wrong way. I thought that I was doing good things, but now I've discovered that I've been doing evil things. And I'm an enemy of God. I'm a sinner. And just like a little rabbit on the middle of the road, when you turn the corner and the headlights just bang, he just sits there. And the little eyes get bigger. You know, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. And he reveals to every one of us that we're sinners not by birth only, but by nature and by practice, and that we're far, far away from God. And no matter who we are or what we are, no matter what religion we have, that we need to be born again. You see, the enemy doesn't want you to know that. What he wants you to do is just to keep on doing what you're doing and keep going from one relationship to another, one holiday to another, one job to another, another house to another, back and forward all of the time. And then suddenly the veil will come down into the dark valley of death and you'll say, oh my God, I've been deceived. That's why the Bible says today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. And that's why Paul, whenever he was standing before King Agrippa, my, it was there where he said that God sent me to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness onto light, from the power of Satan onto God, because there's two powers in the world. I know we all see Putin and we all see that man in North Korea, but they, they don't really have any power. But there's two powers in the world today. There's what the Bible talks about, the God of this world, who has blinded the minds of them that believe not. And what he does, he blinds the mind. He, he, he puts a veil over your understanding that you don't really see your need of a Savior. You don't really see your need of salvation. Heaven and hell is just really a fictional story. Uh, salvation and the cross is all. It's really nice to hear, but I don't really need that. And that power is pulling on your life. And that satanic power, that demonic power wants to destroy you because the Lord Jesus said not only will he destroy you, he will deceive you. And then there's another power. And Paul talked about the power of God. And that's a different power. That's the power of God, the Bible says, that is unto salvation. I heard the story recently of Martin Lloyd-Jones, and Alan was referring to him this morning. And where Martin Lloyd-Jones was ministering, there was a witch, a woman who was involved in the occult. Because the occult has got power. The Ouija board has got power. It's a demonic power. I heard recently of two young people in our province that played the Ouija board and they ended up in a mental institution because there's a demonic power that destroys your life. And I trust you don't do that. 
But she was a witch and she was involved in demonic activity. And she knew what it was to go into a different realm. But one day she went to Martin Lloyd-Jones' church. And there he was and he was expounding the word of God. And she got saved in the meeting. And after the meeting she went to Martin Lloyd-Jones and she told him, she says, I got saved today. And like any preacher would do, he said, well, what did I say that made you get saved? Oh, she said, sir, it was nothing that you said. She said, I have been used to all of my adult life a dark power. She says, I know something of satanic power. There's an oppression, there's a darkness, there's an evil sense, and I'm so aware of that. But she said, whenever I came into your church tonight, I could feel a different power. It's a clean power. It's a white power. She says, I said on my heart, oh God, all I want is for you to take this demonic, this evil out of my life, and I want you to save me tonight. I want this cleanness to come into my heart. And she was saved. There's a power. And my dear unsaved tonight, maybe you don't understand it, and maybe you say that fellow's talking a little bit of gobbledygook tonight. Do you know why that is? Because this power has blinded your mind. You're blind. And then suddenly death will come and you'll open your eyes and your family members will see your body lying on the ground or in the car. But you'll be gone, your soul will be gone and you'll open your eyes but it'll be too late. And just like the rich man, we'll mention now as we close, the rich man in Luke chapter 16, it says the rich man died and was buried. He was distracted all of his life. But it says when he was in eternity, he lifted up his eyes. His eyes were open. But his eyes were open too late. And my dear people, tonight, if I could open your eyes, I would, but I can't do that. There's not a preacher in the world who can do that. But the Holy Spirit, thank God, he can. Oh, bless his name. And I trust tonight he starts to open your eyes because there's not only the enemy that this young man had, there was the emergency that he faced. Here was his wife, his loved one, and she said to him, she said in the end of verse 11, If thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. This was an emergency. The enemy was closing in on this young man. And David went into his house. He went to the place where he thought it was safe to be. And we're all like that, I'm sure, at times. And we'll gather around our friends. And whenever we get into a handling or an awkward situation, we always gravitate to where we feel safe. And he went back to his home, but Saul got his friends and his soldiers round to watch David. And the enemy was closing in the night. The net was being pulled in. David didn't know it. And his wife pleaded with him and says, If thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. I tell you this emergency that he was in and the warning that he received, it was a personal warning. If thou... And if you're ever going to get saved, and if you're ever going to have what Bethany has and what Gemma has, you'll have to discover yourself that you are a sinner in the sight of a holy God. And whenever that little light bulb comes on, and you say, all of my righteousnesses are as filthy rags in the sight. All of my good deeds and all of my prayers and all of my penance and all of my religious activity has never atoned for my sin. And there you discover, my, that it's me. I need to get right with God. Can I ask you a question tonight? Have you ever got right with God individually? 
Have you ever come to the place where it's not your parents or it's not your friends, but you individually, just like Bethany, got alone and cried unto God, and we all get saved one at a time? It was a personal warning. It was a pressing warning because his wife said to him, if thou save not thy life, listen to it, tonight. And I was wondering, even as we were coming over in the car tonight, I said, oh Lord, is this the last night for somebody? Is this the last opportunity for some young man, some young woman, some older man, and your parents and your wife or your children have pleaded with you tonight, do it tonight. Oh, my dear people, David discovered that he needed to flee to safety on this very night, not another night. That's why the Bible says today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart, there's 24 hours in every day. And this day is soon coming to a close. And if the clock strikes just after 12 tonight, it'll be another day. It'll be what we call Monday. But the Bible doesn't say if you hear his voice on Sunday, call upon him on Monday. The Bible says if you hear his voice today, harden not your heart. Don't do it tomorrow for the dawn of another day you may never see. It was a personal call. I tell you, it was a pressing call. I think it was a persistent call. I think David would have been like me. You know, you're a wee bit over the top of things. Huck, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll send the enemy tonight. No, 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 I have a feeling in my heart it'll be all right. Just let it sit and we'll ride the storm out. But she knew. No, no. And I think she tugged on David's shoulder and said, Now, David, I'm not joking you tonight. I'm not keeping you going. I know I've exaggerated before. But I feel in my spirit you need to do it tonight. You need to get out tonight. And David maybe walked the house and he said, well, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll have a little bit of sleep and then I'll do it. No, no, she would have come again and again. Says, David, now I'm telling you, tonight's the night. Not tomorrow night. Not Tuesday night. Not Wednesday night. Tonight. You know, my dear people, tonight there'll be many people that will leave the land of the living. Thousands around the world every day. And at this very moment, as we come just before 8 o'clock on a Sunday night, before I stop this sermon, before I ever get off this pulpit, there'll be thousands out into eternity. And you know what every one of them will almost say? I never thought it was going to be tonight. Never thought it. Tonight. I wonder who it'll be for tonight. I wonder who God will be pleading and pressing upon and say, tonight I'm coming again. Tonight, not tomorrow, tonight. You know, that's exactly, that's exactly what the men and women that were standing at the ark and the door of the ark could have said. And Noah could have got all of the animals in and he got his family in and he says, look, tonight this is going to be the last night before the judgment of God comes. It's only another night. Get in tonight. And they all laughed at him. He says, Noah, we'll not do it tonight. Sure, there's not a cloud in the sky. It'll be all right. But I can tell you there's the clouds have started to come. And then they started to beat on the door and open the door, Noah, but the door was shut. Do it tonight. That's what could have been said whenever the children of Israel were down in Egypt. 
And the Passover night and the lamb had to be slain and the blood had to be applied to the doorpost and to the lintel and the death angel was coming through and Moses said, do it tonight, not tomorrow night, do it tonight because he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I can tell you, my dear people, I'm sure there was people in that camp and they said, well, sure, I'll do it on the 15th night of the month, but it had to be on the 14th night. And every house that hadn't got their blood applied, it didn't matter if it was in the basin, it didn't matter if it was all ready to go, it had to be applied to the door that night. And I tell you, my dear people, if you don't have it applied tonight, I couldn't tell you that you'll see the dawn of another day. That's exactly what the rich farmer could have heard. You'll remember in Luke's Gospel, chapter 16, my, there was that man and he had a bumper harvest and he had all of his fruit and all of his barns and all of his plans and he was going to build down, pull down everything and build bigger. My, he had a big plan in his mind and he said, oh, I'll take my ease and my rest for years to come. And the next verse says, but God said, thou fool this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. And he, he didn't die of a heart attack. I don't think he did. I don't think that there was a storm blew his house down. I don't think it was cancer that killed him. I don't think it was a man coming in with a gun and killed him. No, I don't think so. i tell you who I think it was. I think it was God that did it. Because the Bible says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And the Bible says that he that being often reproved and hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and not without remedy. I think God did it. Could God do it to you? Do you think he would? Do you think he might not? She said, David, tonight, do it tonight. You remember, uh, come with me just for a moment, and you'll see a king, and he's the king, my, of the whole system, and Daniel was there, and King Belshazzar with all of the gold, and he was mocking God, he was belittling God, he got all of the, the vessels out of the temple, and he was laughing, wine, women, and song, a great time, great food. And then there was a hand came on, and the writing came on the wall, thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting, and the Bible says on that night, King Darius, or King Belshazzar died on that night. And it would have been the same for David here if he hadn't listened to the warning of his wife. Did your wife ever warn you? Did your children ever warn you? Did your pastor or preacher ever warn you? And if you die without Christ, let me tell you, it's not just going to be a bad day. It's going to be eternity without hope, without God, and without Christ. Because the rich man that died, all he wanted in time was wine. But whenever he got into eternity, he just wanted water. Whenever he was in time, all he wanted was gold. Whenever he got into eternity, he wanted God. Whenever he was in time, he wanted pleasure. Whenever he got into eternity, the Bible says that he prayed. Whenever he was in time, he wanted money, but whenever he got into eternity, he wanted mercy. He couldn't get it. If thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. There's not only the enemy that he had, 
and the emergency that he faced, there was the escape that he found. Here is a man, and he listened to the warning of his wife, and he says, well, what can we do? And what she did was she let him down out through the window. And my dear people, I'm not pointing you to a window tonight, but I would point you to a door. And the Lord Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And you remember whenever Lot, that backslidden believer, was down in Sodom, and my, the angels came to Lot, and he said, listen to what he said, escape for thy life and look not behind thee. And then he said, escape to the mountain. That's it. That's it. You could say tonight, Stephen, I have been distracted all of my life. I never knew that I was a sinner. I didn't know that there's a God in heaven that's a holy God. I didn't know there's a heaven or hell. But tonight there's just been that witness of the Spirit in my heart that I am not ready to meet God. And I need a Savior. And I know there's an enemy and he has already destroyed my life. But I know tonight that he's going to damn my soul if he keeps going the way he's going. And Stephen, I need a remedy tonight. Is there a remedy? Oh, bless God, there's a remedy tonight. And you see that old center cross? Do you see the man on the cross? There was many men died on the cross. Thousands of them. But this was a different man. He was the God man. Do you see the hills of the sperms? This man made them. Do you ever see the silhouette of the morns on a good day? The man on the cross made them. Do you ever see the moon? You'll go out tonight and you'll see it. You'll see it there in its beauty. And little Emily, she sits at night and I take her out and she says, Daddy, moon, moon. <laughs> He made it. And this man went to the cross. And they spat on him. And they stripped him. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. But that's not all that happened. Do you see every sin that you've ever committed, whether you're, whether you're aware of it or not? Oh, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to that cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. And whenever you discover that that man, the God man, the creator, the one who made all things and sustains all things by the word of his power, would die for a reptile sinner like you and me, you'll say, oh, love so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. And that man, he paid the price that you and I could never pay. And on the cross of Calvary, he met the claims of a holy God and satisfied it in full and paid with it with his own precious royal ruby blood. And the cry that came from his lips was, Tetelestai, one word. It's the word that a banker uses whenever the mortgage is paid off. It's the word that the artist uses whenever he paints the last stroke of the brush. Tetelestai, paid in full, nothing more to do. Oh, tell them tonight, Stephen, there's nothing more to do. Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy love's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Oh, could my tears forever flow? But nothing can for sin atone. Thou must save and die alone. Do you see whenever the wee light bulb clicks on? you say, oh, he loved me. Did he did? He gave himself for me, absolutely. But you need to come. David 
there is no use David looking at the window. There is no use David saying, well, that's a lovely window. Oh, that's a really nice pane of glass, and I think I... He had to go through it. He had to go through it. And whenever you say, my, the Savior died for me, but I need to apply that to my heart, and this is what you say, Lord Jesus, will you save me? And by faith you enter through the door. Oh, bless God, he will save you. Hallelujah. He will save you now. There's a little verse in the Bible that says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? There's no escape. There's only one door. And that door tonight is open. And the Lord said in Revelation 3, I have set before you an open door, and no man shall shut it. But there's coming a day when that door will shut. The hinges of mercy and grace will swing closed. And it'll not matter how long you pray or how loud you shout. You need to come now. Because it says there in Matthew 25, I was reading it before I came out, that the ten virgins, five of them were wise, five of them were foolish, five of them got in. But the five that went and bought the oil and came back, you know what it says they found? Do you know what it was? It says they found the door was shut. Tonight. Tonight. I could start at a sister Sharon and go along. Every young person, do it tonight, young lady. Young woman, do it tonight. Right along there by Matthew, do it tonight. And if you're not sure, make sure. Make sure. I'm sure her sister will mind me saying this. But Bethany's sister was here a few weeks ago on, on the Friday night. She's just sitting where William and Ruth are sitting now. And I just slipped over, chatted to them here and there. And I said to the lady, I says, when did you get saved? She says, Stephen, I'm not saved. And I said to Leah, I says, well, would you like to be saved? I'd love to be saved. And we went in that little room and Bethany was with us. And I took her to Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. And I says, Leah, you read it yourself. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I said, Leah, do you think God tells lies? No. No. And in that little room just over a fortnight ago, I didn't pray with her. I didn't need to pray. She just bowed her little head and she says, Oh God, I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you to save me tonight. You know what happened? She got through the door that night. Now let me ask you a question. Have you ever come through the door? Well, here's a word from a woman that you'll, you have never met. Unless thou save thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. Maybe it'll be the car accident. Maybe it'll be some madman like we saw in Omo with a gun. Maybe it'll be a bad pill. Maybe it'll just be God. And that word slain there is the word perish. Don't perish.